Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is June 14th, 2022 and this is my Q&A number 96 and it is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group. So I'd like to welcome three new members to the group, Renee from Montana, Brandy from Michigan, and Courtney from Georgia. So far, we're around 120 members in 22 states, and we are just two months shy of my two-year anniversary of starting the group. So I can't tell you how excited I am that after two years, we still haven't run out of things to talk about, and everybody is still enjoying learning um, from the other video critiques I put in the group, as well as the challenges and training videos and all of that. So it just makes me happy that you find it rewarding. So today, um, and all of June actually, we are going to have a special challenge for all of June. It's a mindset and skill challenge. It's called the Horsemanship Challenge. I sent it in an email to the ones that I had an email for. Um, If you haven't received it and you want it, send me a private message and I will get it uh, your email from you and send it to you. But I also posted it in the group and you can copy and paste it from the group as well. So this week, um, last week I kind of went over basically the overall of all five parts. But this week we will be talking about part one as the topic and that is um, horse psychology and herd dynamics as well as the uh, little bit of questionnaires of the student and horse profile questions. So I'm going to go over that after I get through the Q&As. But before I get started, I just want to say, um, again, send me your email if I haven't received it to send you the four free bonuses if you're a new member for signing up. And also if you would like this horsemanship challenge sent to you in an email, that way you can print it and you have it. I find... um, Having things on paper and writing it out, you retain it better. And that's a topic that I'm going to cover today as one of the questions for Q&A. And I call it intention and retention. You will hear me talk all the time, especially January of each year. Um, We set daily goals. We set weekly goals, monthly goals. And the reason I have you set all these goals is because it helps you stay focused You have intention when you go out to the barn to ride. You have intention with your competition for the month. You have intention. And then I ask you to journal about it and I have you write down how you do at each barrel race. And the reason I have you do that is for retention. So this way, you know, you know, you can write down at this barrel race, I anticipated second barrel at this barrel race. I didn't rate third barrel, you know, and you're learning and um and growing and that's how you become a professional that's how you become you know your very best with your horse whether that's 1d or 4d but to be your best as a team these are the things a coach like myself teaches so that you can benefit from it and and grow and that's my main goal for you guys so y'all have kept me busy in the last 24 hours i have done 24 video critiques for the group and there's been some really great ones a lot in Florida but New York and Georgia uh, Kansas uh, Massachusetts I've done quite a few for y'all Alabama Um, so I'm hoping everybody's enjoying New York um, what they got and some of you had some personal best so that's exciting too I'm starting the personal best (laughs) can't talk today um 
list for June to do the prize drawing. And so far, there's six names on there. So if you had a personal best in June so far, let me know about it and I'll write it down. And any personal best is a win, whether you just hauled your colt for the first time to a jackpot, whether you won a rodeo, whether you had a personal fast time, maybe you mastered the alleyway, maybe um, you know, things like that. Whatever your win is, we want to celebrate it with you because it's the small wins that add up to those big wins. So always remember that. And quickly for housekeeping, when me, when you send me a video, make sure if you don't want it shared in the group for educational purposes for everybody, just say you want it private. And either way is totally fine. I don't mind. Just remind me because I am dealing with 100 people during the week. I don't want to accidentally um, share one when you want it private. So just a quick, you know, here's my video and I placed 3D and uh, I felt like this about my run, you know, my horse warmed up this way or I felt them anticipate or whatever. Just a quick note to me and please don't share or whatever. Uh, you don't have to even say please, just keep private, whatever. That way I'll just remember. And that's all I wanted to say on that. Um, and either way uh, is fine, like I said, for me. So um, I am currently working with a new app. So I always try to make your videos three to six minutes long when I do a video critique. And I try to always do something encouraging in there for positive affirmation. Um, I also try to give advice for the run and I try to give drills or dry work that you can do, um, you know, based on that run. So and some of you have been sending me training videos and that's helpful too. So I can say, hey, you know, I wouldn't train this way or I might try this instead or, or whatever. So that's a good thing as well to see your training videos and they can be one or two minutes long and I can edit them as a slow play review for you as well. So that's always nice for me to see those. Um, so congratulations to those of you that did have a win. And for those of you that may or may not have had their best weekend, that's okay. Let that run go and start setting up your game plan for your next run. So let's get into the questions for the week. Um, one question was about Buddy Sour. So how, how do you deal with a horse that's Buddy Sour? First, if it's at home, um, what I would start doing is, let's say they're barn sour to the horses in the barn when you're trying to take them out to ride them. I would start doing circles near the barn, figure eights near the barn, and I would work them near the barn. And then as I keep working them, I'd only rest them away from the barn. And I would eventually get better and better. Let's say I did 30 minutes. You know, you got to be really careful right now, you guys. Horses can die of heat stroke really fast. So ride early, ride late, the coolest parts of the day. If you're going to a barrel race, 10-minute uh, walk, trot, warm-up. Do not over-warm them up. A short run, get that tack off of them, leg boots off, cold hose. You've got to be really careful, especially those of you going to NBHA State Florida's this coming up this week, uh, Youth World's coming up. These are all really hot months, so be very careful to not get heat stroke for your horses. Watch so they're not... Um, nostrils and flanks aren't flaring too much make sure they're sweating good but not you know overly you know looking hot um you know be very very careful with them right now so don't override them um so with that said um you have to be careful with the buddy sour horse right now you don't want to overdo that but you can work them some circles or figure eights and rest them away from the herd you can do the same thing in the arena if both of you and your buddy horse is riding together both of you start working circles and slowly start working them further away um, if your horse is tied to the trailer and you're trying to ride away from it, 
then do some circles near the trailer and figure eights near the trailer and slowly get further away from it. And um, it'll get better. It just takes time, just like everything. The next question is about driving your horse with your voice and seat and legs square so that you don't hit barrels. And they were wondering um, what I mean by that sometimes. So so a lot of times, um, and they were asking because they feel like they're up over the withers too much. And that is a concern because the more you get up over the withers, the more you're riding with your upper body and not your waist down. And we really want to ride waist down because then our horse uses their hindquarters better too. If you just ride the front half of your horse, that's all you're going to get around a barrel. So they're going to dump harder on that front end. They're going to drop those shoulders, all of that. So, so by sitting up, you're just riding from your waist down. You're, you're looking between their ears. Your hands are even. Your legs are driving. Your seat is pushing them forward. Your energy is going forward. You're riding the whole horse around the barrel instead of just, you know, the over the withers and just the front end of the horse. So that's what that means. And um, the next uh, question was about anticipation um, with their uh, eyes. They feel like they're anticipation with their eyes. So, um, so for if you really feel like you are looking at the barrel when your horse goes to anticipate, I recommend a um, a game you can play during the week to teach yourself not to do that. And hold on one second. <clears throat> After 20 some videos, my throat is um, about run out. So um, what you could do is stand in front of second barrel on your horse and stare at the fence with your focused eye. So, you know, stop either, you know, about a stride from the first barrel, one stride from the first barrel, stop there, stare at a fence post or stare at something on the fence with your focused eye between your horse's ears. And with your peripheral vision, notice when the barrel is next to you, start walking forward and notice as you stare with your focused eye at the fence with your peripheral vision, you'll feel when your leg gets the barrel and that's when you ask your horse to turn the barrel. So that's a really good thing to practice and you can do it anywhere. You can do it out on a trail, stare at a tree and then notice the things around you. Can you see the horses next to you? Can you see the person next to you? Um, you know, when you're riding in the arena and staring at a fence post, can you see, um, again, things to the side of you? Learn to use your focused eye to look and ride where you're going and learn to use your peripheral vision to feel when you're in the right spot to start your turns. And so that's a fun game to do. And that's something I'd recommend. The next question is about if horses can remember people and, and things. And I absolutely think that's an absolute yes. And I'm going to actually talk about that um, in the uh, horse psychology uh, part of today's topic. So I'll get into that more. But I can give you an example, and I will, about a horse that that happened with. Um, you know, she came in, she was having alley issues. So, you know, she had been vetted and treated for ulcers, all these different things. And so she comes in, I holler to just a practice night and she's acting gait sour. So now I know it's like nerves and respect. So I gate her and gate her and she's doing great. Take her to some jackpots, exhibitioner. She was nervous, but she got better. I start entering her at outdoor jackpots. She's doing great. I can walk in the alleyway one-handed, go in and make a 2D run. She does great. Then the owner's happy, I'm happy, feeling pretty good about things. She says, take her to a super show. This particular super show is where she totally wigged out with another trainer rearing, with the owner rearing, with another clinician rearing. This is an arena that's a trigger for her. I My gut said don't do it, but 
I did it because the client asked. And as soon as I got there, no, I warm her up out in the back away from everything, just like normal. I go heading up to the arena and I'm not even near the alleyway yet. And she spins and rears. So it was a trigger for her. Something happened to her there that freaked her out, whether it was too much pressure or something, I don't know, but there's something about that place. So I should have, I should have drew her out and just sat on her and gated her and made it a good day for her. But I didn't. I entered her and she gave me gate issues. I had to have someone walk me in. And when she finally went in there, she still ran a 2D run. But it wasn't that wasn't the point. She didn't have a barrel pattern problem. She had a gate problem. And she wasn't ready for the super show, especially in an arena that she had a hot spot on. So horses do remember. They remember people bad experiences. They remember other horses. They remember other places. So it is important that you put the horse first. And I went against my gut for a client and I shouldn't have. And I regret it to this day. And hopefully our mistakes are the lessons we never forget. You know, those are the mistakes that we just don't ever forget. And, um, that one was a good one for me to not ever forget. So the next question was, um, about preparing for an event. Um, yes, that's absolutely important. So like if you know you're going to state and you know that's a 14 second pattern, you might want to set that up and practice your timing with a, a small pattern like that. You would also want to practice for your individual horse's needs. Um, are they pushy? Are they being pushy, pushing into the barrel? Maybe start backing them off, you know, uh, doing one uh, one-handed stops and, uh, backing them up one-handed, you know, get them where they're light off your body and your seat and you're not having to use your hands. Um, you know, are they being stiff? Maybe do some in and outs and make them really laterally bend and give you, pick up their shoulder and bend their ribs and make them move out laterally at spot one and two and finish tight at spot three. You know, maybe it's a good time to work on straighter longer and ride their hip to the barrel before they turn, you know, um, all of those things are really important. And uh, absolutely based on how they did at their last show is how you need to tune up during the week. That's extremely important. So for sure, um, base it on their individual needs, your individual needs, and the event coming up. You should absolutely prepare based on those uh, three main things. The next question was about making adjustments during a run. Um, absolutely. If you start making a run and your horse is feeling like a freight train, you may need to sit down and say, whoa, and do a two hand check sooner. Um, if your horse is feeling lazy and they're not getting up in the hole, you may need to start smooching and driving reins to the ears deeper and looking deeper. So yes, you need to, uh, if you feel like your horse is trying to cut you off, you need to really step in that outside stirrup and use that inside leg and take them out to a bigger pocket you know, make them think pocket, pocket, pocket instead of barrel, barrel, barrel. So, so absolutely you need to make adjustments in your run and be in the moment. Um, and that's the thing too. You don't want to go in there being, trying to make a run. You need to trust your training and let it happen. But it, you want to be in the moment too. If your horse needs you to help them, help them. If you feel like your horse feels a certain way, be in that moment and check them. They're oftentimes waiting for us to say when, when to go, when to rate, and when to turn, and when to go again. And we just have to make sure we're doing our job for that. So, so that's definitely something I would um, recommend for sure. Um, and you can, you know, you can make um, in run adjustments. Um, by using your voice, um, you know, the things that are going to change in a run 
are, are things you might add is like using your voice or where you sit for rate or where you're looking or how much leg or hand or body cue you use. But what will not change and it will not change ever is where your arc is and where your spots are. That's not going to change. Ground can change. Cues can change. Timing can change. But position is not going to change for where you're going as far as your spots. So keep that in mind when you're out there. That's something that will give you calm focus. If you're always focused on spot one, spot two, spot one, spot two, it just keeps you really in the moment. And that's something I've always used when I compete. Um, so, okay. So the next question was about how do I sharpen my horse up before an event uh, based on an open horse or a novice horse. So if I want to sharpen up a horse, again, I looked at him as an individual. If it's a lazy open horse, I might do some, you know, fancy footwork stuff, get them doing some rollbacks and counter bending and, you know, make sure they're being light and soft and supple. I might do a little sprint, make sure when I ask for a go, they give it to me. Um, if it's a novice horse, I might spend more time on the barrel pattern um, or on their basics, maybe some extra drills that week and make sure that we're, our teamwork is really there and they understand what I need and when I need it. Um, th so those would be ways that I would sharpen up before an event. Um, and then the next question is, uh, for your next run after a bad run, what do you do? Um, that's a wonderful question. And what I would do is slow down and go for correct. So if my last run, I had no rate, guess what? My next run, I'm going for slow and pretty. I want them to rate and have pretty turns. Um, you know, that's what I do. So um, if I find my horse is not handling the pressure, I take the pressure off. Maybe I just haul an exhibition and don't even enter or just haul and gate and go home. Or maybe I enter, but just lope a 4D pattern, just go for pretty, um, you know, things like that. I don't try to go for speed. Um, all of those things are important. Um, the next question is, uh, on a novice horse, how will I know when to add speed? Okay, that's important, um, but it's kind of trial and error. If all of a sudden your horse is being super consistent, the last three barrel races, you know, you've run very consistent runs. I would start adding a little bit more run home. Maybe you haven't ever really asked them to run home. Maybe you haven't asked them to run from out of second barrel to third. Um, maybe you haven't asked for a little more go out of first. I'd do it backwards. The last barrel I would add more speed to would be the first barrel. So I'd go faster to home, faster to third, faster to second, then faster to first. Kind of reverse it. So, um, and then what, what I find is as a horse gets more confident and starts making consistent runs, that's when they, the speed comes automatically. So you'll often find it, but if you do find you pushed them a little too hard to that first barrel and they blew up and just run like a maniac to second and third and didn't raid either barrel, then you may need to slow down for a month or two and get their brain back. And that's very common. So, um, okay. So I'm going to get into the topic for today. Um, and that is herd dynamics and, um, and um, psychology. And this is a part one. So if you have your email, you can have printed it and go along with me. Um, but uh, let's see here. Something that I think of uh, with that um, for the horse, when you think of a horse as far as, um, you know, they're, they're hurt as a herd animal, um, you think of them as a prey animal, right? We're the predator. They see us like a predator. They see many things as a predator, but their instinct is that they're prey. And the answer to prey animals is to run, is flight. 
The only time a prey animal fights is if they're cornered and they feel trapped and they don't feel like they have an out. Like if you're tied off hard on the horse trailer and they get spooked, they sit back until they hurt themselves um, because the fight instinct took over because they couldn't get away with the flight. So that's why I use tie clips and tie rings because I know their emotions sometimes override their logic and it's just their instincts. So the second thing you will notice about a horse is they kind of are a lazy animal. If you watch them throughout the day, they'll eat and they'll drink and they'll rest and they kind of, you know, just hang out. They may not run, but just a few minutes here or there throughout an entire day if something startles them or playing with another horse. Of course, younger ones are more active than older ones, just like any, any breed. Um, so, but then the third thing is I've noticed they're very habitual. If you watch horses, whether they're individually or as a herd, there are certain times a day they like to hang out in the barn, out under a tree, you know, out in the sun, um, you know, again, when they eat or drink or, or, or lay down, all of that stuff. Um, the fourth thing is how, how well they communicate with body language and how well they can read body language. Like they know you and your, your temperament and your uh, energy before you even get to the barn, they're already like, ooh, mama's in a mood, or, you know, or mom's upset, or, you know, that kind of thing. They know if you're happy to see them, if you're upset from the day. I mean, they read body energy very, very well, body language. So keep that in mind when you're working with your horses. Um, and, and finally, the fifth thing is realize that each one is unique. Um, they each have their own place in a pecking order. Some are more the alpha, some are more the, you know, low man on the pole. Um, some are more sensitive than others. Um, some are slow or fast learners and some react differently to fear. Some will buck, some will bolt, some will rear. Um, they all respond differently when they're in pain or stressed. Now, as far as the herd dynamics, um, you'll often see the pecking order. If you have multiple horses turned out together, someone is the boss and they usually learn to be the boss by attacking the other horses first with dirty looks, you know, pinning the ear or opening their teeth or cocking a leg. And then they actually bite them or kick them and leave a mark. And they finally set their pecking order and things get into order unless you've got one that wants to keep challenging. Another thing that can mess up pecking order is adding mares and geldings in a mix because then you've got the hormones and everything else coming into play. So oftentimes um, you have to be careful with that. Not all horses get along. The other thing is you'll see horses peer up. Um, some horses just fall in love with each other and just want to hang out and other horses do not like each other. Um, so just probably a lot like people, you know, they just peer up. And, um, and again, when the herd gets their dynamic set up, they kind of get a routine too. When they eat, when they drink, when they hang out in the front of the property, the back of the property, that kind of thing. And the herd also works off fight or flight. You know, if the turkeys come flying out of the trees, you, all the horses stampede until they figure out what it is because the last horse is going to get eaten. So they all want to outrun each other. Um, and then they'll slow down and figure out what it is after they leave. And that's why we desensitize our horses so that they don't buck and bolt and, and all that with us in the saddle. We want to teach them that to trust us and respect us and just spook in place and not bolt. So um, these are all things that we think about for psychology when we're working with our horses. Um, and then, of course, some get buddy sour. You know, I've 
I've got a horse, Maggie. She's a maniac. She hates to be by herself. And then you've got other horses that are pretty independent, like her buddy who she's uh, with is Belle. And Belle is very independent. Belle will go out to the front of the property, eat grass, and Maggie will be losing her mind because she can't see Belle. You know, and, and um, you know, just some horses get really attachment disorder, and she's one of those. So you can, um, you know, do things to try to get that better, like, you know, not always giving them the same buddy and not putting horses in the same pasture and maybe putting them next to horses instead of in the same in, a, in the same area um, and maybe change out the horses that are next to them. You know, there are things you could do, not always tie on the same side of the trailer, but, you know, tie one horse on each side. I mean, but some horses will literally hurt themselves climbing a wall or a fence or going through a wall or fence to get to their buddy because they have such attachment disorder. So no different than people that sometimes have issues mentally with things, you know, anxiety, depression. Um, Some people are talkative or some people are quiet. Horses can be that way too. So um, you know, these are all things that we have to think about. So going on to, from, you know, going away from the herd dynamics and how a horse is naturally individually. And as a herd, the psychology of horses with us is extremely important to our success. Um, that's why when you see a stressed out horse, it makes me really sad. Um, stressed out horses equal bad behavior, It can often be shown through a mean horse, a scared horse, a skinny horse, a worried horse, a horse with ulcers, um, a pain, a horse that's in pain or frustrated. Um, A lot of times it happens because we put speed before foundation or competition before basics. All of those things can make a horse stressed or not having a a peaceful home environment where they have a routine. and the things that make them happy, you know, like a routine and, and um, a, a, you know, pecking order and, and uh, paired up with a, a buddy that they like and, you know, and all of that. Or even your relationship with them, you know, if it's a happy one. Um, horses, again, have a flight side of their brain and they have a thinking side of their brain. So you don't want to get on a horse well, they're in that flight mode and you can take five minutes of just some face flexing or lunging left, right, backwards, forward around you five minutes and get them in the thinking side of their brain and save you a lot of drama. And same in the saddle. You can get them on the thinking side of the brain instead of the flight mode by just a couple of consistent cues that you establish early on. So all of this is, you know, the psychology of horses, how to avoid a wreck, how to have a happy horse. So how is it that you get a happy horse? A happy horse will come to you. They'll enjoy learning. Um, They'll have shine to their coat. They'll have dapples a lot of times. They'll seem very peaceful and calm around the property or at the trailer or when you're riding them. A horse that's not that way, a horse that prances and jigs and, and chews on the bit and rings their tail and that horse is not a happy horse. So you need to get to the root of the issue and find out, is this caused by pain? Is this caused by pressure? Is this caused by nothing but arena work or keeping them stalled or 
isolated or, you know, what is causing this horse to be so unhappy? Our first and foremost goal as a member of Team TLC should be ride with heart. And you guys know my number one rule for ride with heart is the horse comes first. And yes, we give 100% inside and outside the arena, but we don't do it at the sacrifice of the horse. And I'm not saying after all these years, 30 years professionally, and since I was eight years old, I haven't made my fair mistakes. We all have. Yeah, I've made mistakes, just like I told you with that training horse. I wish I hadn't taken her to that super show. She was doing wonderful, the jackpots, and I just got ahead of it because I got... I thought we were there and I put the, and I shouldn't, and I, I did what the client wanted and my gut said don't, and I ignored it. So you got to listen to your gut. You got to think what's going to make this the right thing to do to have a happy horse that's not stressed, that's in the thinking side of their mind. Um, and I want to talk about memory. You know, they say elephants never forget. I honestly don't think horses ever forget either. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is because I've trained a lot of horses. I've had a lot of horses come for lessons over the years and I'll go to a barrel race and I'll say their name. I'll see them at their trailer and their eyes get huge and they'll nicker at me. They remember me. They remember my voice. They remember me. And, um, and just like I told you about that trigger for that horse at that arena, horses remember bad experiences. They remember people. They remember a horse that they once knew that they grew up with maybe, or, or lived with for a time. Horses remember they're like us. They remember trauma. They remember people. They remember places. They remember other horses. And they also remember if your horseshoe likes horses or not, if your vet likes horses or not. They know if you're worried about the fairy or the, the vet. They sense all of that. So make sure you're in a positive mindset when you go to your horses. Make sure everything is in a positive mindset. And, um, you know, I'm not saying a horse shouldn't have respect and boundaries and all that. They should. But I'm also saying that they can read a bad situation. Like if you, if someone doesn't like them or if you expect them to do something bad or if you expect the situation to go bad, they know those things. Um, it's just like give and take pressure. Horses do not learn on the pressure. They learn on the release. And so that's why when I see people pulling on their horses, whether they're in a circle pulling, their hands up chest high and it's not releasing, or if they're turning a barrel with their hand chest high and it's not releasing, the horse is not learning. They're just learning, I don't like this pressure. And when they feel pressure, what do they do? They leave it. So if you pull on a horse, their shoulder floats away, their butt swings away. They leave it. They turn their head and neck into the pressure and they leave with their feet and their brain and their body. And, um, and that's why it's so important that we realize give and take is everything with training a horse. Ask slow, release quick when they, when they try or do quick bumps. Shape, release, shape, release. Those are the way horses learn is they learn to, um, when the pressure goes away, the release is the reward. So always keep that in mind for psychology with horses. Um, and like I said, the main thing I'm going to close with right here, right now is what I feel is super important. And that is the intention and the retention. So don't be afraid to write down in your journal, your daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, and then keep a positive attitude and go out there with an intention when you go out there to spend time with your horse or go to the barrel race. And, and this is super important as well. Um, 
by writing all this down, you will remember it. You will retain it. That's why I have you write down your journal for your barrel races. But don't forget your why, you guys. Try to always be that little, for me, my why is to be that little eight-year-old girl that just loved horses and loved barrel racing. And if I always do that, then I'm always going to love my job. I'm always going to love my horses because I'm always, my why is not about winning the barrel race. My why is not about a buckle or a saddle or a 1D time versus a 2D time or any of that. My why is that eight-year-old little girl that just loves horses and loves to barrel race. And I feel very blessed and lucky that I have a life that allows that, right? So, um, you know, if you're out there doing it, just be thankful for that. So I'm going to close um, with some positive words for you, um, dreams, dreams and positive thinking. Okay. Um, these are the things I want you to think about. You really need to understand, um, your dream, your dream. You need to understand that it doesn't matter if anybody else doesn't understand your dream. And I can tell you, I get it a lot because I have a lot of non-horse people in my family. Um, you know, you know, they just don't get it. They don't understand my love for my horses and um, how I can't just dump them, you know, in their 20s, you know, after they've been my babies all these years. And um, they don't, you know, they don't understand. But you know what? They don't have to. It's my dream. And I am the only one who needs to understand it. Same with you. You know, whatever your dream is, you're the only one who has to understand it. For me, my horses are my therapy. You know, there's a lot of people that spend money on getting their hair done and pedicures and manicures and going to a, a psychiatrist and, or a therapist or, or um, you know, maybe going out to fancy meals or fancy vacations. And, and that's what makes them happy. But my horses is my therapy. I go out there and groom them and bathe them and graze them and just hang out with them. And that's my therapy. Um, you know, I look at my neighbor down the road, she's in her seventies and her and her husband, they take their miniature horses to kid hospitals, um, for sick kids in the hospital. And I think how awesome is that in their seventies, hauling their miniature horses to children's hospitals to make them feel better. How, how much therapy is that, you know? So that's what I mean. You've got to know your why and you need to be your own best friend. Um, don't beat yourself up, you know, keep a positive mindset. You have, you have choices, you know, you have choices. You can have a negative attitude and be very pessimistic. Just like when you turn on the news, it's so much negativity, so much pessimistic pessimistic attitudes, you know, and, and that's just not good. You know, we can look at the positives, um, you know, and, and that's what we need to try to do. So, um, a few words, okay. I'm going to leave it with this. There, there are a few things. There's four things that can change your entire outlook on life. And I'm going to have you write these down again, writing things down, you'll retain them. And, um, it's all about intention and retention. So, um, number one, I want you to say, ever since, you know, dot, 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 ever since I noticed. So like, let's say ever since I joined Team TLC, I feel much happier with my horse. I feel it's shifting where I'm really growing with my horse and I'm meeting my goals with my horse. I'm understanding my horse on a different level. I'm understanding barrel racing on a 
more technical level, you know, those kind of things ever since I noticed and make it a positive thing that you want to say. Um, and number two, you know, say, I wonder, and don't be afraid to try new things. Um, say, I wonder if I did this, if this would happen. I wonder if I did this with my horse, if I gave him a little more pocket or a little more arc, if this would work out better. Don't be afraid to experiment with it. It's not life or death. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, I wonder, I wonder if this would help or work, you know, just, you know, things that we do. We change a saddle, we change a bit, we do things, we wonder, and we try something and we see how it works. And and then then the, um, that's, that's part of this other part is, you know, it's still part of number two, but, but as, um, be willing to change, you know, be willing to change how you train, be willing to change how you compete, be willing to change how you get about your, your nerves and your mindset and change that and say, you know, I'm nervous, but I think it's just because I'm excited to barrel race and it's because I want to do well and then take some deep breaths and get focused on, you know, I'm going to ride to my spots and, and use my legs. I'm going to ride to my spots and keep my hands low and forward. You know, whatever it is that you need to do, I'm going to ride to my spots and say, whoa, and here for my horse or whatever. Um, and so just that, that, and then the third thing, and I think this is really important is to let go. We try so hard out there to be perfect when we need to just trust our training and trust our horse and just be in the moment and let it happen. You know, that is so important. And then finally, um, the fourth thing, you know, don't be worried about the outcome. Feel really good about you feel really good about where you are. And like I said, be your own best friend. So whatever it is, if you pray, pray about it. If you throw it out in the universe, throw it out in the universe and just say, Hey, you know, I'm my own best friend. These are my goals. I do this because I love horses and I love barrel racing and just, and write it down and, and, and review it. And have your intention and and read your notes so you remember how you're growing and how far you've come. So that when you say, you know, those four things, you know, ever since I joined the group, I noticed that I'm doing this. Or, um, you know, I I wonder if I try this, it's going to make a good change for me. Um, You know, or being willing to try new things or or challenging and to just trust my horse and let it happen and not force it and not worry about the outcome and just enjoy it and feel good about me and my horse and having fun. So anyhow, um, I'm going to finish on that note. And as always, y'all, um, God bless, ride with heart and good luck to those of you competing at um, MBHA Florida State Finals. Uh, I think it starts this week. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I think it starts this week. (laughs) So anyways, good luck to everybody and thank you. And I'll talk to you soon.